Hey everyone and welcome to the episode 6 of the e-learning guys. My name is Nate Sjorgadolmin and joining me is David Charney. Hi Dave. Hello Nate, hello everyone. So, the holidays are upon us and we are super busy, right? That's right, yep. All those deadlines we keep talking about, they are still hanging yeah. out with us. I have a million things to do by the end of the week because the next week is like closed <laughs> for the year and... Uh, oh, so much stuff. I, I think after we record this, I, I think I'll do some more clicking for the work. Yeah, but there is a kind of a quietness as well that uh, is is around that's uh, kind of nice. It's, a lot of people are on vacation, so we're able to, while busy, still able to focus and get a lot of things done. Yeah, yeah. Prob- maybe, you know, it frees your time for, the, for some stuff that you maybe love but couldn't... Uh, do before because of all because of other people because uh you're busy serving them and uh there's there's then there's just no time for yourself that's right so uh, maybe the next couple podcasts we'll just have a ton of stuff that we'll be able to talk about that we did uh, now that we have all this extra time true true story i love the quiet time because you you know it's you have finally time to think i think (laughs) Yeah, or you've had all this time, you have had bits of time to think, but you weren't able to actually do anything that someone can look at. Yeah, true, true. All right, follow-up. Uh, there have been some nice updates to the Storyline 360, uh, and uh, let's just check them out. It's uh, Here's a nice website. The last update was on December 16th, and actually on December 12th, it was a much bigger update. So we have some fixes for AICC that wouldn't work properly in an LMS, and some HTML5 quizzes were fixed and reporting to the LMS. But uh, I'm more excited about the December 12th because there were some new stuff. There were slide layer enhancements, and now it's really great because you can select many slides and uh, apply the properties to all of them which is super great. Uh, and you, you can even duplicate multiple layers or copy multiple layers, which I'm very happy because I just had a situation with 20 layers. I had to move from one slide to another end, which means clicking 20 times. Do you agree? Yeah, 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 yeah. Those are Some of those things are things that we've kind of been wanting to do for a while, so. <laughs> yes. More freedom. True. And another one's very interesting, replace fonts. Mm-hmm. So you can quickly replace fonts uh, from one font font to another throughout the project, which is fantastic. Because if you forgot to use the you know theme font, and then you know the client decides that's the wrong font, you are um, in in for a lot of trouble. So this uh, makes it really easy for you to switch fonts with the other one. Yeah, happy to see this one. Yeah, that's that's nice to have. Uh, I remember. In the flash days, uh, you know, the, you had more uh, uh, capability to do stuff like that. So, actually, speaking of fonts, let me, let me if I could cut in real quick. My storyline three hundred and sixty, I output when I when, when I publish a lot, I get all sorts of uh, incorrect font issues, even with Arial and even with Arial and various things. Do you get any of that, or have you run into that, or have you heard of anyone running into that? Because I can't figure it out. Every time I publish, I yeah. get different outcome where my fonts are different. 
Hmm. Well, I didn't play a lot. I just started working on a project that's in 360, so I have not seen this. No. Okay. Well, we'll see if uh, see what other people say. Another new thing: detect missing fonts. So when you open an existing project, Storyline 360 will let you know if any fonts used in the projects are missing, which is handy, of course, because. I guess different, uh, you know, clients have some corporate fonts or something like that. And if you're switching computers, that might be a problem. So this is, uh, well, good information to have. Yep, very nice. Font things are very good, especially with more HTML-based stuff because Flash output does a pretty good job handling it. And sometimes between many browsers and various things, HTML can be a little iffy. You might be using a font that uh, doesn't uh, render so well. And mm-hmm. be able to kind of switch it out or see where there might be a problem is uh, helpful. Yeah, but the fonts are really nice now in 360 in HTML5 because uh, even if you have, you know, the project resolution is stretched in the browser, the fonts are crisp, which was not true before. And it's really nice to see that. Yeah, that's very nice. And we also have a new dial style. I checked it out. It's It's a bit different, yeah. And, uh, well, we have one more dial. That new dial was uh, a nice addition for just having kind of a... I could see that being the the third dial they have in there, uh, just because just having that kind of dot on the thing where you can Mm -hmm. move it around is... uh, I could see that being used quite a lot. I was a bit... I was playing with uh, dials because I wanted to do something. I had an idea, but then I saw that I couldn't because... um, you can't really change the well the thumb of the dial. You know, you can't switch it out with your picture or something, which was sort of uh <laughs> I was not super happy about that. So I hope this is coming cuz you know in the in the slider you can replace the that uh thumb with anything. And here it's the, the situation is a bit different. Yeah, that's true. Uh I haven't played around with that specifically. I you know, I'll probably, the more I use dials, the more I'll probably kind of custom build things. Mm. Uh, I'll just have to, I haven't used them too much. I used them for that clock project, but yeah. uh, honestly, not a whole lot more than that. So I think the more I play around with them, the more I'll uh, I'll see what makes sense. I'm sure, I'm sure uh, Articulate's doing the same thing. The more people use them, the more they are figuring out what they can do with them. Yeah. And then we have a bunch of fixes uh, for this and the other things. And, uh, well, it's nice to see that things are updating. So uh, happy to see what comes in the next update. Yeah, and they also have this uh, What's New website. You know, they've got, like, notes on things that are being updated, but they've also got a more kind of uh, refined website uh, or or microsite in their site for uh, all their various applications, Rise and storyline and everything, and mm-hmm. they kind of call out kind of bigger things like, oh, Rise has a new, you know, flashcard interaction block, and storyline has a new this or that, and then they've also got a couple little listings of things that are coming soon, um, and we'll have that link in the in the um, in the notes. But uh, I wasn't I'm not exactly sure how you get to it through Articulate's website, but uh, it's a nice uh, nice link to go to every once in a while. Oh yes. <laughs> Love to see what's happening. And now we come to the segment X Days in Review. So if you remember the last time I was explaining my uh, slider trick, 
that uh, you can move the slider uh, using uh, a, a looped animation and changing the variable when the animation loops. And uh, Dave, remember, I think maybe the next day or two days after we recorded, I played around with it a little more. And I managed to uh, create a smoother movement because you're limited to the 10 frames per second, sort of, because that's the minimum, that's the fastest that the motion path can get. So uh, I was thinking that if, you know, I cannot speed up this, maybe I can have more of this movement. So what I came up with was uh, copying the, I copied the object with the animation path. Then I just moved it in the timeline to be five hundredths of a second from the beginning. So it, it starts a bit later than the first one, which means that every five hundredths of a second, the variable will change because one motion path will end and then the other motion path will end and then just they, go, they just go in a loop and they interchange. So which means you have much smoother movement. It's now 20 frames per second and slider moves really nicely yeah it's very smooth yeah you sent me that link and i i love the times when i get links from people and i and i say back to them you know how did, how did you do that and this is one of those times i i couldn't quite figure out how you were uh controlling some of that uh that smooth <laughs> that smoothness of the animation yeah and then it was actually upgraded a, a bit more because i added uh so what i did was i changed the Actually, I put the example in, in Storyline Forums. I changed the thumb of the slider uh, to be a car. And then I added another slider that changed the variable that is... So to change the value of the variable that it's added to the, to the car slider. So the car is moving like, let's say, with value 1. But with the other slider, you can increase that value, you know, to uh, maybe 2, 5, 10. So, which means the car will move faster because it moves in with uh, more points, with more values at a time. And that's a, it's a really neat trick how to create some, you know, looped movement which you can adjust speed of. And it's, I was, I was quite impressed what, what it can be done, you know, with just a few tricks and combinations of objects. Yeah, so not only did you send me the first link and I thought, ah, oh, how did he speed, you know, how did he have such a smooth movement? But then I saw the next link with the slider and I <laughs> said the same thing again. Well, how did you do that? Because yeah, you could basically adjust the slider and the car would speed up and not like chunky speed up, but just a smooth speed up and slow down as you adjust the slider, which is, uh, you know, there's probably billions of things you can use that uh, technique for. Yeah. Yeah, and I think really that, you know, you could, when you're developing things, you can really think of a slider more of a, of a you know, just a sort of a layer between between your controls and the things you want to achieve that are maybe looping or maybe they have some speed or some progress. If you put a slider in between, you can, you can I think you can create some, some great things. So I had a bunch of ideas floating around in my head, which maybe I'll have time for next week. Um, <laughs> and uh, maybe I can uh, just throw a few out there because uh, the last time, you know, I was talking about a, like a SIG bar, custom SIG bar, which uh, still stands, I think, as a good solution, especially now because we have smoother movement solution. Yeah, yeah, I was going to say uh, game, gamified things, 
gamified uh, uh, simulations and various things. Uh, I could also imagine using that sort of effect in in some of that uh, when you're trying to kind of animate things on screen to tell a story and and various things like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I, there's another option to you know. Um, I had a situation once when I had the at the top of the you know slide we had a line that showed where are you in the course like progress overall progress mm-hmm. and I did that totally at the end because I I just adjusted the width for each slide separately which of course is not a good solution because if you squeeze one slide in the middle you know everything just breaks and you have a bunch of fixes to do right so uh using a slider would be will would be super easy because you would just have uh for each slide you would have a variable of what this slide is and then you would have them in on a master slide you just put a static slider with the total number of the slides you have and then you just change the value on each slide and then the the slider will just move to that point of the slide, um, which I think it's it's much easier than even if you sque- squeeze one in. I mean, I guess you have to do some variable fixing um, later, but you know you have zero graphic work to do. You just need to set the the correct numbers. I think it's. I think I probably used this somewhere. Yeah, I I mean that's a big thing is to be able to have a little bit of a status or positioning bar. Uh, somewhere in in a course, so that people know where they're at, how much further they have to go, yep. um, and yeah, to be able to do stuff like that would be uh, great. It's still, I think we still run into the best way to. I, I really wish we could uh, set a variable specific to a slide, you know, not a global variable, a slide variable. Um, yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah, so you could kind of check off that instead of having to create a variable for each slide because then you build a new slide you have to create a new global variable i'm off topic now but um anyway uh you know to be able to uh anyway once you figure that out then you can apply that to what exactly uh you've been saying yep and uh another another way to use a slider would be you know on a on a scoreboard mm-hmm. if you imagine a, a scoreboard you know vertical scoreboards from you know zero to hundred or something and then you you show uh, where the user is with their quiz, for example, uh, you could do that. You could first apply. Uh, yeah, I guess you would know the variable uh, of the success of the user, and then you put that uh, in in combination with the motion paths. You know, you can move the slider up to the correct number, and then you stop it, and you have a very nice, you know, showing of the of the score for the user. I think I think that's a really good one because it's totally you know <clears throat> it will move to whatever number you set it to and with without the use of this this is like a nightmare because uh, you, you would have to create like million uh, objects with different sizes to to be able to do that but i think with with the with the slider this would be much easier mm-hmm. i guess you concur sir i concur i love that word i i heard it uh from uh, it was in uh, Leonardo DiCaprio's. Uh, oh, catch me if you can. Catch me if you can. Exactly with the doctor <laughs> yeah. scene. I remember that. <laughs> and it's totally it was a new word for me. It's like what? Ah, okay, okay. I remember that one, and then I use it here and then, and I love it. <laughs> yeah, 
Yeah, it's best to use that word whenever possible. <laughs> and you can concur to that. I concur. And another thing I have here is maybe just show items in a graph. You know, you could have, mm-hmm. I don't know, five sliders, and then you just adjust variables to whatever input you got from the user. And it's also very interesting approach, I think. So I'll definitely be using this in my next projects if if it's if, if it's possible. Yeah, that's interesting. The 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 graph or charting information and yeah, I mean you could do anything using instead of having to drag these things everywhere, you can kind of use numbers, but then kind of almost have it animate mm-hmm. to the correct open. value. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and and you know that's if you have the data. There's there's some things where you could, you know, adjust the data in real time and see stuff just nicely move around. Hmm, interesting. Ding. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So uh, from this lovely set of ideas to the nightmare I had this week, I I was working on a. It was supposed to be super simple, you know, just a, like a learning game for for students. Mm-hmm. But, oh, man, you know, I lost so many hours because of actually storyline bug, uh, which is... Uh, so let me explain what's happening. It was a situation where you had... Um, you, you have 20 different atoms, and then when you select an atom, you would have to drag the electrons to the correct, uh, you know, part of the atom, you know, because you have Mm -hmm. those, uh, what are those called? I don't know in English, um, like layers of the, of these uh, different, uh, different layers of electrons, you know, you have the first two, and then you have the second and third and so on. And they, they call, I know it's quantum leap when the, it jumps from one to another, but I don't know what the thing is called. <laughs> See, you should have showed me the course first so I could have learned uh, everything. Yeah, but but you you know what I mean. I I would have to uh, no. <laughs> uh, let me. I have a picture here. Uh, you know the core of the atom there, kernel core, and then you have the first layer of electrons, and then the second, and the third. Oh uh, yes, but I. I don't know the name of it, but yeah, I know what you're talking about. <laughs> yeah. Well, you just have to drag the, the the electrons to the... Basically, you have to move them to and match the number of electrons to the atom. So it's like, you know, uh, H for the... What's H? Uh, H. Is that hydrogen? Yes, yes. <laughs> I know the Slovenian one. I forgot the English so H, you know, for the hydrogen, you just it's just one electron, and then it's two for the next one, and so on and so on. So it's just more or less drag and drop, and it's one of those situations when you when you drop, I hit the electron and I show it on the picture, so it's in the correct position. Okay. So it's just you know height, uh, so change the state to to hidden, and then change the other state to normal. So. Uh, I know the correct, because I, 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 I set the position in advance, that's why. So this was all, the thing is now, now it comes, now we come to the problem. The thing was, this was all in one slide, and each, you know, each draggable interaction, so 20 draggable interactions, is each one was in its own layer. 
So we have 20 layers with quite many objects and triggers. So basically we have 20 layers with different interactions for each atom. Mm-hmm. Uh, and th- th- there's a, some strange problem because um, it seems that it's just too much information for, for one slide. And when I export and open in Chrome, you know, it, it, it's almost 10 seconds before the thing loads. And then in, and when you start the interaction, the frame rate is really bad. It's like, I don't know, f- five frames per second maybe. So when you drag the electron, it's really bad. And once the electron comes to the droppable area, it's like it freezes. I mean, the, 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 the frame rate drops so bad, it's unusable. And it just seems that it's it was too much stuff on one slide. And actually, in Firefox, you get a script error and some numbers. In in uh, uh, Internet Explorer, just gives up and doesn't show anything. Hmm. So I, then I tried a bunch of different things, you know, with different with different kind of drag and drop and million of stupid tricks, you know, just to try something, but nothing really helps it. I, it was basically, you know, when you draw the line, it's just too much things on one um, on one slide, because you know you have twenty electrons that you drag, and then you have twenty different states that you change on the on the atom and then uh, multiply that by 20 because it's 20 layers of that so we have just you know just just looking at only at the electrons you have 400 pngs there and it looks like everything is loaded because it's on the same slide and it's just oh i see that this is this is not a good approach hmm. and so the 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 best solution for now is just to uh I changed the I broke the interaction up to different slides so each each atom is in is on its own slide and I put all the little you know um atoms that you click on when you select the the, the your element they're all in the master slide and then I just call the slide of the selected element and you know that that also is not the best because you know it takes about three seconds for the slide to load, but it works. And uh, and the in the, in the and the initial slide and the initial load is much better. It's like almost immediate, and then you just have to wait a bit for each element to load. So hmm. yeah. So was the yeah was the um the, so the issue was the the loading and and the the um smoothness of use is that right that was the problem yeah. uh, or it, it, that was the the user experience that you were ending up with and then the the problem was was it a bug or was it just too heavy for it or what was what were I you think, actually running into I, there i think it's both parts mm-hmm. because there was a very interesting cuz I, I i'm doing this for a you know, local partner here that sometimes needs help, and mm-hmm. he he was playing around with uh, s- uh, layer properties, and he and he you know with just random trying he found out that if you select the yeah this is really su- super bug and strange and WTF if you select the prevent user to click on the base layer the frame rate. Is totally fine. 
totally fine. <laughs> but then guess what happens? Drag and drop interaction does not work. Although everything is on the layer. That's weird. Yeah, that's strange. That's super strange. And you just see that something, something else is going on here. I'll send the file to the, to the, to the articulate because I, I, they really have to check this out. And this was de- developed in, in Storyline 2. And then I went to 360 just to see if anything changes. And it's the same. Now, maybe if I would have been developing there from the start, this wouldn't have happened. <laughs> but uh, I just can't do it, do it, do it again because I did so many versions and trying things out. You know, I just spent three times more than I should on this thing already. So I'll just break it up, uh, use the master slide for the main things, and then, then just load load the elements and interaction each on its own slide. So, yeah, that's that's what I'm doing tonight and tomorrow. Well, you ran into that, and you'll figure out what the problem is, and you'll let people know, and then maybe Articulate will fix that, and you'll save people billions of hours of frustration. So I, I, maybe it's worth it. Yeah, well... I always think, although I'm, you know, I'm really not super happy when I run into these things, but (laughs) at the end, you know, I just think, okay, I'm wiser now. I know what not to do in the future. And maybe some other Mm -hmm. people will be, will benefit (laughs) from my misery. (laughs) So yeah, yeah, well, I'll be wiser at the end and maybe have less hair, even, even. (laughs) Right. The, the, well, the worst is when it's a, a a logical thing. I mean, when you know what we do has to be logical, and when you throw logic out, which is usually due to some sort of bug or something, you know, and, and there's logic that's actually going on, but we don't. It's it's a it's a layer too deep for us to see, so it's illogical the way we see yes. it. Yes, that, that is the most frustration that I can run into because I can't. It's just it's too difficult sometimes to figure out what works and what doesn't yeah yeah because because at one point you just you just try random things because it's there's nothing left there's just nothing else left to do you know because you're not the author of the program you can't change the code you don't know the code so you just try your best and try crazy things you know it's almost like um i don't know it's all it's it's almost astrology at that time just trying things out you know (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> right, right. I see I go and I go and tell my wife about it and spend probably an hour explaining the complexity of it and how frustrated I am and she doesn't really have a good background to uh respond to me so I'm sure uh I'm sure that's probably not the best uh, approach but uh I do get a uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and uh that makes me feel a little better. I've I've uh I've uh, told someone about it and then I I go back to the computer, and then, uh, and sometimes you can figure it out, and that's that's the best. Now you can tell her about my problem. <laughs> Let me know what she thinks. <laughs> yeah, well, she'll probably go, uh huh. <laughs> yeah. All right, we come to the main topic of the show. Thirty minutes in, yeah, we had we had a lot of things to cover first. We're going to talk a bit about freeform hacking, which is not really hacking, but uh, it's a really, really nice way to use. <laughs> I like the word. It's a really nice way to use freeforms in your, you know, your custom interactions. Um, mm-hmm. So, Dave, how would you explain freeform hacking? 
Freeform hacking. So in Storyline, when you're creating slide interactions or knowledge checks and you use the convert to freeform option, uh, which lets you do a number of, it gives you a number of kind of functional things, you'll you recognize that it doesn't do everything you want. So then you want to take a look at triggers and all the triggers that they have and combine those triggers with the functionality that you have in convert to freeform to really enhance the functionality and get the, the ultimate results that you uh, want to get out of your interaction or knowledge check. And there are some really nice, really nice benefits of using um, free forms versus using just your own triggers. Yeah, yep. And I'd say f- first, when defining your interaction or knowledge check or whatever it is, I just think it's it's the best thing to come up with the learner experience first. You know, what's the goal? What's what's that experience that you want? Um, figure that out, and then you can dive into the technical stuff. Yeah. Because if you're just trying to base it off of what you can do, you know, we'll think through the experience and say, well, we want the the state to change here because it'll help someone know that they've selected this or done this or or whatever. And then we want, uh, or maybe I've got the instructions there on screen. Maybe I've got a like a drop zone of something and I've got the instructions right over the drop zone. Drop the whatever into this space. But you want that to go away when you drop an item on it. You know, So you want to think through what that experience is. And then you'll start to recognize the gaps that you might have in the convert to freeform and start to figure out what triggers can again, enhance what you're trying to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, and then, you know, there's a number of, just to call out some of these things, you know, triggers versus freeform slide and what you can do, uh, you know, there's, so first off, I'd say the biggest thing is if you're just messing around with triggers to come up with a, a really nice interaction, you run into the problem of grading or you know, using the quizzing logic that Storyline has, uh, mm-hmm. you know, which a lot of people need to report back to the LMS or or factor that into a final score, and you you can't do that just with triggers alone. And I, I know you've run into to that a bit, yeah. and um, you know we've certainly run into that. And it's especially difficult when you spend all this time building an interaction, and someone says that actually has to be graded, yeah. and it's like, oh, geez, okay, hmm. Well, there there are some things you can do, but we'll uh, we'll uh, we'll address them later. Yeah, and yeah, we'll we'll kind of call out some kind of more specific things here. But then uh, also, uh, triggers can't really control all that happens with a dra- when you drop an object on something. You know, for instance, what what does it do? Uh, you drop it on something. Let's say you drop it off of a hot spot. What does it do? You drop it on a hot spot. Does it just stay where it's at? Does it stagger it? Does it center it? You know, what's it do? Yeah. So, you know, that's, again, where you, you can't use triggers alone. You have to go back to what you can do in, in freeform. And then with freeform objects, you know, you, you can't uh, kind of shuffle them. Let's say you've got six answers or six objects that you want to drag into something and you want to make it a little bit more kind of random where those initial objects or answers are. Yeah. You want to use a freeform functionality to handle that. So, you know, there, there's just a number of these things. Um, you might use freeform and you want to dr- drag it over something or drop it on something and you want 
a state to change or a layer to show or something else. So that's where that's where freeform comes up a little short and you need to use triggers. So there's just all these all these gaps that kind of form when you're trying to reach a certain goal. Yeah, and when you you know when you convert to freeform it's just you know certain like certain rules apply then to all the objects that are you know part of the freeform now and uh, I think it's a combination of both like you said at the beginning of what they want the user experience to be but also how difficult are you going to do this for yourself and uh, how flexible are you going to be if something needs to change and I think freeform really helps in that direction it it solves a lot of things for what the, the the functionality that it allows is great because it solves a lot of things very quickly and i'll say too uh you know freeform hacking you know it it can take a while to figure it all out mm-hmm. i mean it's it's often a lot of triggers and a lot of uh hidden hot spots and things but again it's about that end end result yeah um but what's also nice is once you kind of figure up a way to do something uh hopefully you can reuse that in the in the future mm-hmm. we just did a project and uh we had come up with a a way to do something and um i know we just had a new project and and joe at our office he uh it, it had some other hurdles and he was able to kind of base it off what we had done and come up with new ways to get over those hurdles so um ho- hopefully you're not taking steps back but just continuing to enhance the complexity of some of these things so that uh you really can get that that nice uh learner experience that you want Yep, yep. And I remember when I was the first time I I I came across a free form hack like that was exactly from this local partner and I was at first I was almost like surprised, maybe a bit shocked. Like I was surprised that this was sort of allowed, you know, because free forms looked mm. like okay, you have to use them in this way, you know. But actually, you don't. You can totally change things up and use them in your own way. And and I think maybe if if you're new to the tool, it it, it may look like okay, this is totally you know strict and uh, by the book. But no, it's not. You can just play around and just use some things that uh, you need and just drop everything else. I I think that's really nice. It's very flexible. Yeah, I agree. And again, a lot of why you use freeform. Maybe not a lot, but um, you know, being able to grade stuff is very important, and not a lot of all that functionality involves that that grading of something. So you really can kind of mix and match quite a lot, and um, you know, to get your to get your result. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it doesn't uh, doesn't break all that easy. Um, Well, it's kind of broken as as you keep adding things to it. So you started broken, and then you keep. Keep adding until it's fixed. Yeah. You want to move now to the types of reforms? Yeah, yeah. We can talk about uh, at least we've we've kind of selected a few more commonly used ones. I, I'd say. Yeah, because I think maybe maybe now with the uh, with these three we can you know um, explain some of the examples we were working on. Let's go through the three types of reform hacks we usually do. Although there are six reform you know uh, uh types we 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 are picking just three here cuz uh, these are the most commonly used and 
Right. The other ones, I don't think they're really super useful. I don't think I ever use them. Uh, yeah, I kind of, yeah. yeah, I, <laughs> your freeform hacking may vary. We'll just say that. <laughs> yes. Uh, so yeah, let's start with, uh, so here we have pick one, pick many, and drag and drop. So pick one. Uh, I think this, uh, I think this might be quite known, at least with the, with people more familiar with Storyline, because I think it, it has been shared in the forums quite a lot. Especially, I mean, people that have run into it, certainly. Um, I think people that maybe haven't run into it, it's good for them to, to know about it. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so that when they run into it, they can look it up. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so basically, if you have an interaction, uh, so this is the trick we were referring to before. If you have an interaction that's totally custom and, uh, you know, it, it's not part of... Uh, natively graded uh, storyline supported you know quiz then you 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 might want to have it graded and you can do that by pick one so um, you can just put two objects on the side of the slide just outside and then you convert to free form you select those two as the objects you're using and you select one as the correct one so it's all well and good. Uh, everything is set up. And now you just have to add one more trigger. Once your your interaction is, you know, completed successfully, at that point, you just change the state of the, of the object that is the correct one, you, the one you set in the freeform. And another trigger is uh, just submit the interaction. So at that point, the, the free form will check which object, object is selected, it will be the correct one, and you will get the correct feedback layer. You might want to change the feedback layer to something else, but at that point, the, you know, the whole slide is graded, you have the, the, the number, and you can use it in the quiz or just in your tracking, which is a really nice trick. Although, <laughs> honestly, I never used it. I didn't have a situation where I would use it but uh, I still keep it in mind because it's uh, it's like, you know, it's almost fixed for all. <laughs> yeah, well, and we've had situations where, you know, we'll build a slide and we might use freeform objects or freeform object and we want it to be graded. So, you know, you can, what's, what's great about that is you don't even need to do anything with your current slide. You can put it on the next slide. Yeah. You can do a pick one. You can, and the thing about a pick one is it, you don't have to click the next button to do it. You can force it to do it by changing the trigger. So instead of you having to click next to check to see if your, uh, have, if you've, if your object is selected, you can tell it to do it when the, uh, when the screen starts. Mm -hmm. When time it starts, right. When, yeah, yeah. And so, um, and, and it, it the user won't even notice. You you could have this this little hidden slide. You can have it run through it. If they're correct, you can have a variable on your first mm -hmm. uh, on your actual interaction that's true or not. Yeah. And when it when you hit this other slide, you can say, hey, if this is true, then change this shape to the selected state and run the uh, what submit the interaction, and it'll look and say, yep, we're good, and it'll factor that into the overall grade um and no one will be the wiser but it, it's it solves a lot of problems because unfortunately in storyline i'd love for this to be available there's no triggers to mark the course complete let's say 
there's no trigger to say mm-hmm. I want to force anything. I want to force a change to this uh, this variable. And some of those variables that kind of control points and things aren't really available to you in Storyline. Yeah, the untouchables. Right. Uh, which I still, I think they use, I really think in Storyline 1, somewhere along the line, they were available and now they're not. I just remember that for some reason. But um, so this is a, probably one of the most helpful grading uh, tricks that you can use. Yeah, this one is, I, 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 go, I, would, I, w- I would almost say this one is like the most basic one, but uh, it's, it's really handy if you need it for a custom interaction, yeah. Yeah, and on, honestly, as I'm, I don't use pick one a whole lot more than to use it for that that trick. Oh, I do, I do, because because I create a you know custom A B C D. I, I I really don't like the native ones because of the design. So I I create my own. Oh yeah, that's that's true. That's true. Yeah, so at that point it's great. You have A B C answers. You have shuffling, uh, and yeah, pick one works just fine. Yeah, that's true. See, I a lot of times I will actually build it out and use the trick on another slide so that I, uh, just because I, I don't, in, in the case of pick one, I don't use a lot of the pick one additional functionality. But yeah, I can absolutely see people actually using that quite a lot. Yeah. And similar, similar actually, it's, it's pick many. I think actually the same trick you could use for pick many, but it's... I guess it's just easier to, to to go with pick one. Yeah, and like pick many, we had mentioned we had mentioned this briefly. The ability to shuffle many things mm-hmm. uh, is why you'd want to use pick many than just build. Or one of the reasons to use pick many than build like your own interaction just using triggers and ignore the freeform slide. You know, th- those are things you can't do with triggers. Yeah. Well, well, you could you could, but it would be like ridiculously complex. To, yeah, no, no. the shuffling thing is is really great. I I had a situation. It was like something for, I think for like Danish sports teams, something like that. that, that something they had to practice, like uh, co- sort of concentration while being uh, you know bombarded with sounds and so on. And I had to create a, a table of spreadsheets of uh, numbers 1 to 100 and then and they and um i used the i think i used pick many or pick one it doesn't really matter cuz it's the same like you you could use the same trick so i put it all there in a nice spreadsheet but then i created the free for, converted to free form and i selected all of them and i said shuffle answers so the numbers were shuffled anytime the user came to the slide and then at that point, when they came to the slide, interaction was so that they had to click uh, num- uh, numbers in order. So one, and then they had to find the two and three. And I changed the color if they are correct or incorrect. So I had to track which number is next and so on. And then we had minus points for incorrect and plus points for correct. So you could easily get minus 10 Uh and the time was limited, I don't know, to 30 seconds, really. So it was really hard. You could maybe get to 10 or 20, and then time is up. So it was really great solution for using a free form. And I didn't use the free form for anything else than just to have it shuffle those items. Yep, and uh, and it, it really wouldn't have 
probably didn't take too long to uh, add that functionality. You know, it's so easy to just say, hey, I want this to be a freeform. You might probably already have the objects on screen and a lot of the other triggers. So you might have it all built out and you just want to, you know, uh, allow it to shuffle. Yeah. Uh, You know, for you to just add it, go in and say, these are the objects that are the answers. You really don't have to do a whole lot more than that. But there is one more thing that... uh is sort of a downside here. Because once you select the clickable objects, the storyline likes to do things um, that you don't like. <laughs> Silly storyline. Which is adding adding a, a, what's it, glow effect on the select state. Oh, yeah. Yep. Yep. Yes. yep. So you can imagine <laughs> I had to disable that glowing effect 100 times. Um, which is just something you sort of get used to and you just know what to do about it. So you're, you're, you're not surprised, but you are frustrated. <laughs> yeah, that's, uh, uh, we've run into that. And there's no way to turn it off, you know. It's, it's not under the design or anything. It's like, no, it just, it just does. Well, and I don't know if you've run into this. We've run into this several times at work. I don't know the best way to say it. The states, the, the states that are kind of built in, mm-hmm. like selected and hover, those don't always work exactly like if you built them yourself. You know, we, we get sometimes every, and this is very rare, but we've been in situations where it's like, well, I'm telling it to do this. You know, selected is a, or hover is a state. So I want to f- tell it by a trigger to do something. And we've been in situations where it does not react the same way. And so we just create our own hover, our own selected, and huh. just the problem goes away instantly. I'll have to think of, uh, I'll have to talk to some people at work and see if they remember an example. But um, Yeah, yeah. Pr- try, to, try to come up with an example for the, ne- for the follow-up next time, yeah. Because I'm, uh, I'm not really sure what you mean, and uh, I don't want to know. <laughs> It's just, it's kind of stuff where it's like, say you've got a selected state. Is selected the right, is that the name of the state that they yeah, yeah, auto, auto-create? Okay. Um, so say from a trigger, you want to tell that state to show up. Mm-hmm. Um, th- there are the, oca- there's the occasion where based on other things, it won't happen. Hmm. It just doesn't show up. Or like, let's say you've got this weird thing where you want to, drag and drop this thing and you drag it over this object and then you drag it back. When you drag it back, you want the selected to go away. You know, so like when I hover over this thing, I want selected to show up. And when I drag it off, I want it to go away. We've had weird things where that selected state doesn't react the way you'd expect, you know. Hmm. Oh, well, when I hover back over here, it goes, it changes back. I don't know if that's exactly the the example, but that's the sort of thing where it's just not reacting the way you, again, it's that logic. And so if you created a completely new state called selected and created a trigger to do the exact same thing, works fine, no problem. Mm-hmm. So, you know, there are little things to, to run into. Well, let me throw out a side thing, actually, the thing we ran into. Uh, it just takes two seconds, but um, I'll just throw this out. Public service announcement. Um, if you are If you have a variable and it is not acting the way you think it should react, and you've tried everything, mm-hmm. and it's a, it's it's a variable you created. Create a new one, and it, it'll probably go away. I'll just throw that out because we had a huge problem with that this last week. This thing would not react. We we're trying to add like a plus two to a variable, so <laughs> <Nope>. <laughs> plus you know, four. 
six. And it it just kept, it wouldn't work. <laughs> it just kept coming back with two. Yeah. And uh, the weirdest thing. Uh, so we created a new one. It works fine. Yeah. Some, yeah. I guess that's just the, the random bug that you come across. Yeah. Yeah. So thus concludes the public service announcement. Yeah. 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 I, I, but it's, a, I think it's, that's a good one because um, you come to a situation when, you know, you feel like you tried everything or, or that things should really work. So maybe just trying something crazy like that uh, th- does the trick. Yeah. Yeah. I, I guess that's the old reboot, you know, if it's not yeah. working, reboot it. Yeah. Did, did you try turning it off and on again? Yeah. Yep. That and one. that's what we did and it worked. So I'd say the, the uh, drag and drop probably has the most situations we've run into yeah. regarding freeform hacking. And I'll throw out just the simplest of uh, situations. We've got, let's say we've got four words down the left and we've got a sentence that has three blanks on the right. Mm-hmm. You know, So we want to drag three of the four words into the three blanks to complete a sentence. Yeah. So, so far you can do that fine with a freeform object, but, or con- convert to freeform. But if you want to, it, let's say one and three can go into yes. blanks one and two. <laughs> yeah, that's the one. Can't do that. No, not with, you know, the, you, well, you, you can't. Not, not with the way the freeform is designed, no. Right, exactly. Not with the way the freeform is designed. Yeah. You, then you need to turn to triggers to help help handle some of that um, because you can't just, you get kind of this form view if you're not played around with this too much. When you convert anything to a free form, you kind of get this other form view where you can say, okay, well, these are my objects and these are where these objects can get dropped to. Yeah. And you kind of get one, one I, can, I don't have it in front of me, I don't remember what it's called, but your your answer object that you can drag once you tell that that it goes to one hotspot, you can't select it again yes. and point it at another yeah. hotspot as well. You have just one draggable item, basically. Exactly. Yeah. 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 Uh, so that that's probably the most common example of things. Well, the situation where we've run into, and it's such a kind of I feel it's a very normal, common thing. You know, oh, I want to drop, I want to drop this in either one of these places. So. Yeah, if if they uh, would add that functionality, it would really save quite a lot of time. Yeah, yeah. I agree. Because where I had said I was getting ahead of myself, once you get that working, then what we wanted to do was change some states. You know, so when it's when you drop it, we want it visually to look a little bit different. Um, can we can we, we just wa- go one step back because I think yeah. you know at, at this this you know now we come to the the, the really custom drag and drop interaction. And sure. I think this was one of the things that surprised me when I learned about, you know, freeform hex is how you would set that up in the, you know, uh freeform that you know that that spreadsheet view. Because basically on the left you would select uh, all the draggable items and then on the right, but not on the top where you would pair them, but lower, you would select all the droppable items. Right, so there's a offset to them. Yeah, yeah. Yep. So yeah, they don't they don't touch basically. <laughs> there are no pairs. So exactly, you just say these are the ones I'm dragging, and these are the ones that are things are going to be dropped off onto. 
Right, because you want them included. You want all those, even、yes. though those elements, you don't want them to be、uh, to work the way that the yeah freeform thing works. But you do want them to be included in the way that the functionality happens. Yeah, including what the hotspots, how it reacts to the hotspots. Yes, exactly. And that that's、uh, now you have the nice、uh, you know settings. You have the you know、uh, detailed settings there. So you can select only one item per drop target, which is something you, without pain, cannot do. You know, only with triggers.、Uh, so yeah, yep, at,、right. at this point, you know, you come in this into this playing field where the rules are set to how the draggable items、uh, behave, and、uh, now it's really great because you have the basics, but now you have to figure out with triggers what's the correct and incorrect answer based on your custom interaction. And now I think you can continue with、uh, what you were going to say. <laughs> yeah. So,、um, yeah, to continue on that, then you start to recognize that you might want states to change and things when you start dragging things. You know, just I can't exactly remember what we had done, but say you've got these words down the left, and you want them to look like they're in boxes, like draggable boxes. But once you drop them on the bl- the blank line, you want that box to kind of go away, so it looks like just the word is in the box. Let's say. Yeah. Uh, well, you can't just do that with、um, with the freeform slide when you've also added these this functionality to handle,、uh, you know, where、uh, it, that that this this one item can be dropped on either one of these blanks,、um, which also means that there's another item that can be dropped on one of these blanks. So、mm-hmm. to be able to、uh, not only drop it on the object, but to Say you want to see, and this is what's cool about the drag and drop functionality that Storyline has. Let's say I have a word on the.、Uh, what's the best way for me to say this? Let's say I've dropped all three words into those three blanks of the scenario I threw out there. Let's say I want to take the third word and drop it into the place of the first word. Well, you don't want it to just kind of cover up.、Mm-hmm. The other word,、yeah. you want it to actually kind of send it back to the left where you got, the, yeah, the start, the, you know, the origin, oh, the、yeah. start, yeah, exactly. So storyline kind of takes care of that, yeah. But we would run into problems where if we do want to change the state,、mm-hmm. or we want to set the state back to that little button state, we couldn't do that with just the、uh, freeform. We have to use triggers for that. Yes. I kind of feel that's where we got into my discussion about、uh, how some of those states act a little goofy. But、um, anyway, that's been discussed.、Um, so to do all that stuff, and again, we do that because we have thought through what the end learner experience should be, and we have like, well, we want to do this, 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 and this. So we just keep trying things、uh, to end up with that solution. And to be honest, it was a pretty complex solution using. Quite a lot of triggers to keep track of what is being used and what isn't being used,、mm-hmm. but it worked, and it, I, I feel it, it works great. And the learner won't feel any of that; they just feel like it's got a high usability. You know, yeah, you know, I'll just click and drag this over here, and I'll drag this up here, and it works the way they expect. Yes.、Um, yeah. And so, so not to say that freeform hacking is is simple, but.、Uh, uh, There's a lot you can do by combining the two things. Yeah, and you know the the thing I I think I know 
I know what you guys were running into. Because um, the, the, the problem is, if when you drag the second item over the first one, the first one goes to the start. And if you change the state of that first one, when it was dropped, like drop correct, for example, it still keeps the drop correct uh, state once it jumps back. And, you know, that can cause some troubles and, you know, just uh, just frustration when you're developing. So it's really good to know when, wh- what is dropped where. So maybe you would just have some rules to change the variable to say drop one is object four, drop four is object one. And, we'll, you know, and to just keep, the tra- to keep, keep track of all of that, and which will also help you at the end when you have to submit the interaction to know if the interaction is correct or it isn't yeah and that's right and you know for us we didn't even use like basically we got rid of the i don't know if you can delete it but we definitely didn't use it when you click submit it doesn't submit that interaction i I didn't mean the 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 interaction but just submit your own interaction right right and that's where you know to have variables that say uh that one object is uh on let's say blank one and the other objects are on blank two. But when you when you switch those objects, you need all those variables to keep track of everything. And ultimately, we just when you hit submit it, you use all your own triggers. You don't use the freeform stuff nope. to say, yep, this this is correct. They're, they're right. You're good. Yeah, yeah. And then you can use that hack, the pick one hack, let's say, to uh, mm-hmm. make sure it's all graded and that everything gets sent back to the LMS. Dave is talking about the pick one hack on the next, uh, you know, the next empty slide. Yeah. Yep. We would go, yep. And that would be like a split second slide. You wouldn't even see it. Uh, it no. just, uh, yeah. it just yeah. does its checks. And so, yeah. so the actual, um, and I think when you go to, uh, what you'd have to do is if you use freeform, like this free, if you use the freeform slide in your, um, what is it called? The results slide. In the results slide, you have to make sure that 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 slide that you're that we've got this custom thing isn't part of it because we don't want it to. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. We don't want it to think you don't want it to think that it wasn't answered. Um, yeah. Because you're not actually submitting that that thing. So if you actually did it, if you didn't unselect that, so when you're in your results, you got a ch- bunch of check boxes for the. Um, different interactive slides and and yeah which ones are used for the final result yeah exactly and so just uncheck the ones that you you know don't want used because it, it will report it as uh incorrect if you don't do that yeah and so um but then you just the the pick one you you definitely use that and and you're all set everything will report uh the way you want it to mm-hmm. oh there was another thing about drag and drop which i forgot now you know, it was one of those things while you were talking. It it came it came up. Yep. Ah, you, you'll think of it the second we we stop, stop recording. recording. <laughs> 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 yep. Um, I'd say one thing that I I like to use is um. So let me think about this. When you drop, even if you just use triggers, when you set it to when dropped on or whatever the trigger is, and you drop off of the thing, it will go back to where it started from. But when you drop it on a hotspot, you might want to use freeform because you can tell it if you want it to drop right in the center. I think automatically, if you just use triggers, it'll center the 
object that you drop on a hotspot to the dead center of that hotspot? I think so. Yeah, I think that's how it works. And so if you want it to drop where you let it go or have it stagger, if you've got like three items you're going to drag to a hotspot, that's where you can use Freeform to, and some of the settings in Freeform to uh, make that work the way you want it to. Mm. And let me just throw out one another one other idea. If you mm-hmm. if you don't want, you know, like um, let's just say you can afford not to be, you know, super friendly to the user. Let's say mm-hmm. uh, you could just you could just set. I, I like how you said that. <laughs> you can just set that the drop item changes the sa- state to disabled, so it doesn't move anymore. You know, so once they drop it, that's it. You know. At which point, you don't really care about other triggers because uh, if they're incorrect, they will try again and so on. But so, I mean, this is really like a simple solution to all this complexity we're speaking about. If you, if you, if they cannot move the object anymore, you know, then, uh, yeah, that's it then uh, for, for that interaction. But, uh, you know, it's, it, it solves some things, but it's not really the best super friendly solution. Yeah. Yeah, and well, that's why it's hacking. You know, it's like you don't always end up with the easiest, uh, e- easiest of uh, future editing or anything, but uh, or even being able to, uh, you know, you might drop something, and not be able to pick it back up again. Like, uh, so I, I had a, an example of that where uh, I had this office etiquette uh, little course thing that uh, I've uh, I might have talked about it on here. I've made videos on it, but um, I've got a chair. So I guess one step of this office etiquette is to put the space that you're using if you're in an office back to the way it was when you, you know, you might move chairs around and do all these things. Mm -hmm. Put everything back the way it was when you had shown up in the space. So I've got to to move on. Instead of using the next button, you drop the chair, you pick up the chair that's definitely not in its original position and drop it back where you left it. Well, I... I wanted it to be dropped in, ex- in, in, in an exact spot. And I couldn't quite get it to drop exactly where I wanted. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. And so what I did was I have the chair hidden in the exact spot it should be. And when I pick and drop the object on that hot spot, uh, where I, I do use a drag and drop uh, freeform slide, I have it hide the object I just dropped and show the object that's kind of been in the exact right spot hidden. So to the user, they don't know that it's a different object. That's the that's the what I was using in, with my electrons, you know. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, exactly. So then, and in that case, you could pick the chair back up. You'd just be picking up, not if you set it to hidden, but if you set it to uh, a state that, is invisible to the user. So if you click on that chair again, you'd have to set the, you're actually picking up the draggable object again, change the state back to visible mm-hmm. and then mm-hmm. set the chair that's in the right place back to hidden. Uh, so you, you could, I don't think I did that. I think once you drop it, it's you're set it. for life. But yeah. uh, thinking you... again, yeah, you could set it up to uh, drag it again. But anyway, that's a situation that, another situation. And just another thing about drag and drop, because um, this this might also be tricky. So 
it's the, it's the same situation as you described before. You have some objects that can be dropped on mm, different targets, and some that are, you know, they have fixed targets. So the thing is, you cannot use a combination of those in in uh, you know in a, in a free form. So you cannot go in the free form form and select, you know, the first three have these pairs, you know, drag and drop and drag and drop and drag and drop, and right. then the last two, they are separate, you know, I'll just fix those with triggers. Yep. Because the thing is, you can, although you can set that your custom uh, items are have the states drop correct, and the ones that are native have drop correct anyway, but the thing is, once you click the, you know, the native submit button, the form will check for your custom two uh, objects and will see that they didn't have the correct drop items because there are none. And it will just say that the interaction is incorrect and it's wrong. Hmm. So mm-hmm. you really have to split those two if you have some custom stuff to do. So split, split the drag items from the drop items. Yep, yep, that makes sense. I, I was in a meeting once and uh, I was explaining drag and drops and all this stuff and uh, people I was meeting with kept snickering. <laughs> I couldn't figure out why. <laughs> and at the end, they told me that uh, the gentleman in the room, his his first name was Dragon. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> it made a lot more sense, I thought. But now I every time I say drag and drop, I think I'm saying dragon. So dragon like the the dragon, the animal? Yeah. <laughs> Well, kind of the yeah, kind of well, the, the the fantastical and <laughs> fantastic uh, animal, fantasy animal. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, that's all I can think of when I say dra- drag and drop now. Yeah, <laughs> let's see. Maybe maybe it sticks with me also. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Any any other free form uh, thoughts? Nope. Uh, but yeah, if anyone else runs into anything, uh, would love to hear about it. Certainly helps other people to hear all these situations. Because it is a complex thing uh, to, uh, you know, like anything, there's not one best way to do something in e-learning to help someone learn something. So you got to hack and figure it out the best way. So I'm sure other people have run into all sorts of various uh, situations that they've had to combine Yeah. Uh, yeah. The, those, those two things. Probably true. And on that note, let's wrap up uh, the episode six. Dave, please tell us, where can people find you? People can find me at uh, Lumen Group, at lumengroup.com. We do a lot of custom e-learning solutions and uh, elearninglocker.com for a number of the videos that I've done and templates and some articles that I've written and kind of all things e-learning there. And uh, I'm on Twitter a lot, uh, Dave underscore Charney, C-H-A-R-N-E-Y. And how about you, uh, Nate's working people? Uh, find out what you've been doing. They can find out on uh, the Twitter thingy <laughs> under nickname uh, NEJCD or Nate's D, and uh, also on, on eLearningBrewery.com, which I'm still you know patching up because uh, it's a new English site for me. Mm-hmm. And maybe if you need some storyline training, one on one, something like that, uh, that can be arranged. Uh, you can contact me over there. Um, and if you have any uh, questions, suggestions, or other feedback, uh, you can visit thelearningguys.com, where you can also send us a, a message to the 
website and all of the show notes for this episode will also be there. Holiday season is upon us, so I want to wish everyone happy holidays, uh, happy new year, and uh, enjoy the rest of the year and uh, talk to you next year, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Happy holidays to everyone and happy new year and happy learning. <laughs>